Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. To our new listeners, welcome. To our old listeners, welcome back. Another episode of Magical Education awaits you. But first, we would like to say a few words. Nitwit. Blubber. Oddment. Tweak. Podcast nine and three quarters topic of the week is sink or float harmony. Hi there, listeners. I'm Jem, and today I'll be arguing that we should sink harmony. And I'm Ria, and I'll be arguing to keep Harmony afloat. Ah, oh, we're doing this again. It's great. It's so good to be back. I've missed recording. <laughs> I've missed sinking and floating. These are my favorite episodes. <laughs> I know they are. <laughs> but, like, I've just really missed, like, getting into contact with you again and talking about Harry Potter nonsense for hours at a time. Yeah. It's been a while. It has been. As our listeners know, we, we couldn't uh, have an episode for mid-January, so but we're back now. Yeah, that was my fault. Sorry. <laughs> it wasn't your fault. It was just fate, once again. Slapping us in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> A spanking from fate. <laughs> That's how it goes, right? Pretty sure. So anyway, <laughs> welcome back to our Sink, and, sink or Float mini-series. Uh, in these episodes, we look at popular ships in the Harry Potter fandom and argue whether they should sink or keep floating. This is our third episode, mm-hmm. so if you haven't listened to our previous episodes on Wolfstar and Drarry... We recommend that you go back and check those ones out because they're great. Unless you don't care about Wolfstar and Jarry, then that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you don't have to. (laughs) If you're just here for Harmony content, then we will provide. (laughs) (laughs) If you're just here for any one specific piece of Harry Potter content, we'll provide eventually. If we hadn't gotten to it already, we will. Definitely. So yeah, Harmony is the ship name for Harry and Hermione, just in case there's anyone out there who didn't know. Yep. This is our first straight ship that we're discussing on the show. <laughs> <laughs> we eventually got around to heterosexuals. <laughs> it's nice to give the heterosexuals something, you know. <laughs> yeah. Token straight ship. <laughs> yeah, it's it's good to put in that token heterosexual content for them. <laughs> <laughs> and before we get any further, as always, this is just for fun. Everyone can ship whatever they like. No yep. ship is better or more valid than any other. Yep. Fandom in total, is just for fun, and the only reason we're doing this is because it's fun. Don't send us hate mail. Yeah. I could not care less what anyone ships, honestly. I'm just doing this to talk about the ship and the different point of views. Like, yeah, I, I don't want to get involved in a ship war. <laughs> <laughs> Which are still going on in 2019 for some reason. Yeah, yikes. <laughs> yeah, as you know, I am on the side of sync. I'm actually, I'm, I'm happy to fight on this side because listeners mightn't realise, but in the past two episodes, I've also fought for sink, but those were ships that I didn't think should necessarily sink. Mm-hmm. But I, I believe this one should sink. <laughs> <laughs> I personally just don't like it. <laughs> and that's valid. But in this particular instance, you have to back it up. I will. Yes, I will back it up. My first question for you, Rio, is Harry and Hermione, are they actually compatible? Okay. Talk to me about this. I think before we do are they compatible, we should do are they straight Oh, good point. In previous episodes, we've done a section on are they gay, and I don't want to just assume that they're both heterosexual. You're right. That, was, uh, that wasn't very woke of me. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's only fair. We should do that. <laughs> we have decided in the earlier episode, our Jari episode, that Harry is definitely bisexual. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that's fine. Harry can date a woman. That's, that's established. But Hermione, mm-hmm. is, she, is she straight? Is she bi? What's the deal? Well, with Hermione, we have canon evidence in the books that she's into men. Mm-hmm. She's had three romantic relationships, and they've all been with males. Victor Crumb, Cormac McLaggen, even though that one was kind of fake, I'm yeah. still going to count it. <laughs> and, of course, Ron Weasley, her endgame ship. Yeah. What's interesting is that with Hermione, we actually have enough data points to make a pattern. <laughs> <laughs> That's so Hermione. She would love that. Yeah. 
That's so on brand for her. We don't usually have more than like <laughs> two relationships, but Hermione has three. That's enough for a pattern. Mm. So Hermione has a type and she always goes for Quidditch boys. She likes jocks. She does. She does. She has a jock type. Mm. That's interesting because like knowing Hermione, you might think she'd go for someone more like her, you know, the more intellectual nerdy type, but she does not. She goes for sports boys. No. Well, I wouldn't say she necessarily goes for sports boys, but I'd say that she doesn't go for boys that are introverted, shy, bookish boys like she is. She's a very much an opposites attract kind of girl. She needs someone that balances her out. Yeah. And that tends to be extroverted, sometimes athletic, sporty boys, but there can be other Mm -hmm. things as well. Yeah. Mm. Also, I don't want to be like, okay, she's into the strong, stupid type because I don't think she likes dumb boys. No. But no, I think of course not. she's <laughs> definitely, she is in her comfort zone when she's the brains of the relationship. Definitely. She's not looking for someone to outsmart her. <laughs> no, she would hate that. <laughs> no. Yeah. So I think Harry fits that mold. Harry isn't stupid. He's smart enough to keep up with Hermione. And he's definitely way more interested and invested in Quidditch than any academic thing he's ever done in his life. <laughs> I think he's perfect for Hermione. Snotch. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta get that snotch. Snotch. I want to create a counterpoint here. So you said that Hermione has to be the brains in the relationship because she doesn't like, she doesn't like a relationship where she'd be the outsmarted one. I agree with that. Yeah. And I think that extends to more than just smarts. I think Hermione has a bit of a competitive streak. She likes to prove herself. Mm -hmm. And I think she would find it annoying being with Harry because Harry's always the chosen one, the golden boy, the one everyone notices and and brags about. So Harry's accomplishments are far more blown out of proportions than hers would be. And that would really mm-hmm. get on her nerves a lot because Harry would be noticed and talked about a lot more than Hermione is, but she does very good accomplishments as well. Mm, that's a good point. Remember in sixth book when Harry was getting good at potions because he was cheating basically yeah. and Hermione was getting really pissed off about it because she was always the best at potions. She was so mad. She hated that. The majority of it was, um, she was claiming it was because, oh, you shouldn't take instructions from a book that you don't know who wrote them, which is a good point. But I think the majority of it was she didn't like that she was being outsmarted and being made less of because Harry was cheating and Harry Mm -hmm. had this book. Yeah. She had some valid points about like, you know, Harry is basically cheating. But also if Harry had just, you know- studied really, really hard and just gotten really good at potions, I think she would have been equally mad. Exactly. She would have hidden it better. Yeah. She would have hated it. She would have. Which, honestly, mood. <laughs> I love being the top of the class. <laughs> yeah, I I was always so mad whenever anyone beat me up for that top spot. <laughs> Especially if it was, like, my favourite subject, too. Like, I need to be top of English. I'm sorry, people, but that's, yeah. my, that's my area. <laughs> It doesn't count as me winning unless I also step on everyone to get to the top. (laughs) This is my show. (laughs) For anyone who's just joining us, uh, Gem and I are both Slytherins. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Back to my rebuttal. (laughs) I definitely agree with you. I think Hermione and Harry, something they have in common is that they're both like very alpha. They're very Mm. driven and they're very motivated by success. But I think what makes it work is that they're in very different areas. Like, as we've said, Hermione is obviously, she's very much after that academic achievement, whereas Harry's more like the traditional hero type of person. He doesn't really care about what marks he gets in school, as long as he, you know, gets everyone out of the flaming ruin of the car alive. <laughs> that's that's the sort of success and achievement that Harry's going for. Okay, but how about after school? So let's say it's a grown-up Harry and Hermione who are both working in the ministry together. Mm-hmm. All of Harry's ministry accomplishments are going to be lauded, while Hermione's mightn't be noticed as much, and that would get on her nerves, I think, a lot. Mm. In that kind of scenario, I kind of always thought that Hermione would be Harry's boss. Mm. Because if you go with their canon occupations, I guess, Harry ends up in the aura department yeah. as basically like a beat cop. Whereas Hermione ends up, according to J.K. Rowling, very high in the Department of Magical Law Enforcement, Mm -hmm. which is what the Aura Department's in. Yeah. So, like, I think she'd kind of end up telling him what to do all the time, which I can see working for both of them. Oh, yeah. So she'd be like a DA, essentially. Yeah. I don't don't understand what the wizarding 
justice system is, or really the Muggle <laughs> justice system. Depends. Just but I can see her leaning more towards like, <laughs> like a lawmaker or a judge or something like that. Okay. Whereas Harry's more, you know, out in the streets stopping bad guys, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. In the end, I always imagined that Hermione became the next Minister for Magic, but that's just my headcanon. I can see it going that way. Yeah. Yeah, I really think there's not much jealousy between Harry and Hermione. Even though they're both very competitive-driven people, Harry's always proud of Hermione's achievements. Like when Slughorn's like, oh, you know, Muggleborn's whatever. And Harry's like, actually, the smartest witch in our year is Hermione. And like, mm, yeah. he's always so ready to defend her. And yeah, when yeah. people are like, oh, Harry Potter, gross. Hermione's like, fuck you, she's great. Yeah. I don't see them really wanting to drag each other down to get further along. Unlike when, you know, Daniel Radcliffe and Emma Watson have to run through the forest and he throws her <laughs> behind him. Rude. That's I'm not dead. in canon. <laughs> yeah. I think there is moments in um, the books too where Hermione recognises that Harry's the best at defence against the dark arts. Because she keeps track of the mm-hmm. greys because she wants to be on top. And she's like, no, how are you beating me in DADA every year? So yeah, I, she does recognize yeah. it. All right, point seated. My second question mm. is, let's just look at a bit of like an attraction thing. So based on what we know about Harry and Hermione from the books, would Hermione be romantically or sexually attracted to Harry? Well, as I've already said, she's into jocks and Harry fits that yeah, type. he does. Quidditch captain, anyone? He does. Mm-hmm. Betty looks great in those robes. <laughs> Short. <laughs> I'm really building on the fact that they're best friends. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, this isn't like raw physical attraction. <laughs> because if we're doing that, I would just say like, you know, they're both attractive people and they can be attracted to each yeah, other. Like, I don't, what do you want me to spell it out for you? Yeah. <laughs> but in terms of like romance, I'm sorry. Can you hear the very loud train going by? I had a bit of a like a high pitched beep, but I don't know if it didn't sound like a train. My apartment is like. 10 metres away from the train track, so trains go past a lot. That might be something we have to deal with in the future. (laughs) Okay. In terms of romantic attraction, I I really want to build on their friendship here. Mm -hmm. So I don't... I'm not trying to argue that, like, you know, when guys and girls are friends, it automatically leads to a relationship. Mm -hmm. But I do think that the best romantic relationships are the ones where the partners are both really good friends before they end up falling for each other. Mm -hmm. And Harry and Hermione are really good friends. Mm -hmm. You know, they're together basically every day from the age of 11. They go on all these adventures. They have all those big dramatic bonding moments that, you know, the kind of stuff that binds people together for life. But they also work on a more domestic thing. Like Hermione's difficult to get along with. Yeah. A lot of people can't stand to be around Hermione for very long, but not Harry. Harry likes Hermione and he enjoys her company, even when she's difficult. (laughs) They definitely argue a lot less than Hermione and Ron. And I think they also have more in common. I just think they have a really solid foundation for a relationship. Mm -hmm. And if something did develop between them, like, it fits, it feels right. Okay. I think everything you just said in terms of why would Hermione be romantically attracted to Harry, you could list things like, you know, they make uh, they make a good match in terms of they get along well, mm-hmm. like a friend. Yeah. Uh, Harry's very kind with Hermione, like a friend. Yeah. Harry likes to spend time with Hermione, like a friend, like a friend, like a friend. Like, this could all just be based on friendship. It doesn't have to go to a romantic level. Yeah. And, like, I don't see how it could add to the relationship if it does, except for just adding in making out in sexy times. <laughs> like, it would just sort of be the same relationship, but physical and intimate. And I just don't see how it betters them both as people either. Like, I don't, I'm not saying that relationships have to better people both as people, but if you're going to make a ship, that's usually like making an OTP and like trying to make the characters as interesting and engaging and entertaining as possible. So you do want to kind of make the characters better for being in the relationship. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, you like you say Harry likes to spend time with Hermione. <laughs> well, <laughs> he does, but he's also very bored by Hermione sometimes because there are times that the series where Harry and Ron have falling outs 
And so Harry has to spend some time with more time with Hermione than he usually does. And spending time with Hermione in the quotes of Harry is a lot of time in the library and sitting quietly <laughs> and reading. And it's boring. <laughs> like, sure, Hermione is a good friend and she's a lovely girl, but oh God, she's a boring girl to hang out with sometimes. Yes. And Harry needs that lively action. He needs that spontaneous behavior, adventures, going outside, running around, chattering and chattering. Like, he can't just sit in silence for hours and hours That's <laughs> to read a book next to his partner in bed. He'd get, he'd get bored by it. Harry is a very active boy. He needs to be doing things. He's like a puppy dog. <laughs> and yeah, I do remember specifically Harry saying that like being friends with Hermione is a lot of sitting quietly and he does get frustrated by it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, no relationship's perfect. <laughs> Everyone has things that they don't enjoy doing with their partner. <laughs> This brings me to my uh, other side of the argument. So I've just talked about why would Hermione be interested in Harry, and he came up with some decent points. But then again, why would Harry be interested in Hermione? Because Harry's type is jocks as well. <laughs> the romantic- oh no, oh no! <laughs> the romantic relationships that Harry have ha- has had in the books is uh, Cho Chang and Ginny Weasley, who are both super good Quidditch players. In Cho Chang's case, it was a bit different. Harry sort of had a crush on her because she was very pretty and very good at Quidditch, but he didn't really know much about her. And then when he actually got to know her a bit better, he decided, well, he's not, she's not really my type. But then the Ginny attraction mm-hmm. comes from Ginny being very fiery, very steadfast, a great conversationalist, funny, smart, uh, attractive, scrappy. Like that's the sort of girl that he likes. So how does Hermione, mm-hmm. you know, how does Hermione get Harry going? I guess. <laughs> like. She's kind of boring. <laughs> like, I love Hermione. She's a badass. She's a badass, smart girl, but she's not like Ginny in any way. She's not like a, a firecracker. But counter-argument, I would say that of all those qualities that you listed of Ginny, the only one that Hermione really doesn't have is that feisty firecracker thing. Mm-hmm. And jock thing. Yeah, and the jock thing, obviously. And super attractive thing. <laughs> Excuse you. Ginny's super hot, don't forget that. Hermione's also very attractive. Hermione's not, because remember, she's meant to be plain in the books. <laughs> don't get confused with Emma Watson. Emma Watson is a firecracker, like anyone would like love to spend an evening with Emma Watson. Mm-hmm. But remember, Hermione Granger in the books is described as plain. She is. Like, she's plain and bookish. She's not super She's attractive. like a hunchback because she carries around so many books. <laughs> she's got that crazy bushy hair and big buck teeth. Hermione's great. Oh my god. I'm not saying Hermione's ugly. Like, And Harry doesn't think Hermione's ugly either. But I don't think mm-hmm. Herm- like Harry thinks that Hermione's hot either. <laughs> like, you mm. know, she's not a supermodel. She's just an average girl. And that's fine. <laughs> You've put me in this weird position where I have to be like, no, Hermione is a super <laughs> which I just can't do. <laughs> Sorry. That's not who she is. Look, there are things more important than looks. I, back to my what I was saying before you interrupted me to call Hermione ugly. <laughs> I, I'm not calling her ugly. <laughs> back before you were like, uh, Ginny's way hotter than Hermione. <laughs> Rude. Don't pit girls against each other. Not what I said. I'm just going off how to describe in the books. <laughs> you know, Hermione is also smart and funny, and what were the other traits that you said about Ginny? I only remember the firecracker one, because that was not Hermione. Firecracker, jock, hot, smart, funny, scrappy. Yeah. Ginny always is steadfast and stands up for herself a lot as well. Like, Hermione does that. Steadfast. That was- yeah. There we go. Hermione's really confident, and she has this... There's this perception of her as this really quiet, bookish girl, but she's also the one who fucking smacked Malfoy directly in the face. Yeah, that's true. Came up with a plan to rescue Buckbeak, kept Rita Skeeter in a jar. Like, Hermione's fucking vicious. She is. She has that edge. Yeah, I would not want to cross Hermione. If, if there was anyone in the trio that I wouldn't want to cross, it's Hermione. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like- Hermione you fucking get you. She's ruthless. <laughs> <laughs> I still hold that Harry is more interested in people like Ginny than in people like Hermione. Yeah. Maybe in his teenage years. I kind of see Harry and Hermione as more long long game. Like, I think they're not 100% compatible in their Hogwarts days, but when they grow up a bit more and get a bit more mature, that's where I see them ending up together. Okay. But I also think Harry and Hermione have more in common than Harry and Ginny or Hermione and Ron. Uh, they both come from, like, the muggle backgrounds. So... Just because people come from similar backgrounds, that means they should pair up? Wow. (laughs) No, I just think that they have more in common. They're both trying to, like, 
you know, figure out and navigate the magical world. And I see that as binding them together as well. Like a friend. Um, I think that they, yeah, shut up. I think they're very in sync with each other. There's a really good moment in the seventh book when Harry visits the mm -hmm. graveyard and he's basically having an emotional breakdown and Hermione's there supporting him and they don't even need to talk. And Harry starts being like, oh my God, like I didn't bring anything. I should have brought something. And Hermione just knows what he's thinking and she summons up the magical wreath of flowers. Like, I love that moment. That's so good. They don't even yep. need to speak to each other. That's what good friendships are made That's of. romantic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, another point I want to bring in about why I don't like Harmony mm -hmm. is that, I think you brought it up a bit earlier, it's a tired trope. Yeah. It's a tired trope of like when you read or watch movies about a uh, male hero that he eventually gets the female companion, mm -hmm. usually the smarter than him female companion that he's with. And in that case, it would be Harry and Hermione, but Harry Potter subverted that trope because all the while, Harry and Hermione and Ron were the trio and people might have thought, oh, Harry and Hermione would definitely end up together because of this, you know, stereotype that's been established in popular culture. But no, it subverted that trope. Harry didn't get that girl. <laughs> there is definitely, like you said, a trope of the hero has a female companion who is generally, you know, smarter, not necessarily stronger, but smarter, more capable and just better than he is. And then at the end of the story, he gets her like he's won a prize and there's usually no mm -hmm. romantic buildup or anything between them, really. It just sort of happens. Yes. And I, I definitely agree that that's something that I don't like about the Harry and Hermione trope. I really like that Hermione and Ron broke that up. But I just don't see Hermione as being like an object in that kind of way, mm -hmm. like a prize at the end of the story. That discounts, as you keep pointing out, their incredibly strong years-long friendship. Yeah. It's such a, a discredit to be like, oh, the only reason that Hermione would want to be with Harry is like because he's deserved her, because he's won her. Mm. I, it's terrible. I don't know. I just, I don't, I disagree. I don't think that counts. <laughs> I don't have a really cohesive argument against it. I'm just like, no, bad. It's uh, it's hard to argue against the metacriticism because the metacriticism is valid, but it's hard to argue against it. Because yeah. I can't really in canon. Yeah. The only thing I could say is be like, yeah, well, that didn't happen. So <laughs> never mind. It doesn't count. <laughs> but if you're arguing for the ship, you're saying that Harry and Hermione should get together and then that's just fulfilling the trope. Yeah. But like... On a metatextual level, it would have been problematic if it had happened. Like, what kind of argument is that, Jim? <laughs> what am I supposed to say? Okay, maybe. <laughs> Good. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> if you can't argue against it, that means I win the argument. That's how this works. <laughs> I guess so. Okay, you win that point. <laughs> All right, on to my next point. Now, unless you have anything you'd like to say. I do, but you just keep saying points. <laughs> well, that's why I'm asking you now. You actually haven't given me an opportunity to present any points of my own so far. I've just been rebutting. Oh, how the turntables. <laughs> um, so how about this? Everybody else sees it. So usually when two people are like, oh, no, there's nothing going on with us. There's no feelings there. But everyone else around them is like, um, they're obviously totally into each other. That's kind of a big hint that they are into each other. And a lot of people think Harry and Hermione are together. Who? And there's people who don't count, obviously, who are on the outside of their little relationship. People like Rita Skeeter. Mm -hmm. Mrs. Weasley starts thinking they're together. Is Am I imagining it? Or is there a scene where Dumbledore suggests that Harry and Hermione are, are a good couple? That's in the movie. I think it might be in the books as well. I'm not sure, though. I can't remember if it's in the books. It, it is in the movie, though. So I'll count that, Dumbledore. But more notably, Victor Crumb and Cho Chang, right. two people who are romantically involved with Hermione and Harry, they think that there's something unresolved between the two of them. Okay. You could discount that as teen angst and jealousy, but the other big one- the one person who knows both Harry and Hermione better than anyone else in the world, Ron Weasley, also thought that there was something going on between them. Right. I think that's a pretty good argument that there's something there. Okay. I will say for um, Victor and Cho, here's how I'm going to talk about it. So Cho Chang, who do we know are Cho Chang's friends? Marietta Edgecombe. And we see whenever Cho Chang described hanging out with her friends, not her teammates and her team, because that's different in Quidditch, yeah. but her friends, they're always described as all girls, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's true. Victor also goes to an all-boys mm -hmm. school. 
No, he doesn't. Not in the books. Well, no, he doesn't. Sorry. Sorry, he doesn't. No. Okay. But Victor's still described as hanging around with boys, right, for the most part, when he is seen with his mates. Well, I would say that Victor doesn't really have very many close friends because he's got that same problem Harry does, but he's a celebrity. You're right. And so many of the people around him are just right. interested in his fame. Like, we don't actually know if he has any very close friends. Certainly not ones that came with him on the yeah. Goblet of Fire. Like, he might have close friends back at Durmstrang that we just didn't get a chance to meet. Okay. Well, I'll make my point about Cho Chang then. So Cho Chang only has friends that are girls. And I think I'm making a huge presumption here, but I'm I'm not wrong. Mm. Cho Chang might be of the persuasion (laughs) that whenever she's tried to make friends with boys, they've kind of been distracted by her as a potential romantic partner. And she hasn't been able to make friends with boys. I mean, same girl. So she kind of mm-hmm. has the assumption that whenever boys and girls are friends, they're not really just friends. There's always been a bit of a history there or an attraction there. So that's why she's seeing that as a threat. Mm. Maybe she also read a bit of Rita Skeeter and that got in her mind too. Yeah. So that's Cho Chang out of the- She's just following that stereotype that a lot of people have where boys and girls can't just be friends. There's always had to be something there. Victor Crumb, we don't know for sure because we don't know much about his friends group. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, he does go to quite a traditional school, so maybe those sorts of ideas are just there as well, that boys and girls never hang out with each other unless they're dating. So that's what I'm going to say about that. <laughs> that's a really good point. Yeah. From memory, I didn't reread the scene where Victor talks to Harry about his suspicions because mm. <laughs> everything I own is packed into boxes. I just moved house, so I can't get to my books. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, can't do research for this episode. <laughs> That sounds like a brag, but it's bad. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Brag, I wrote this entire thing from memory. (laughs) No, the internet exists. Let's be real. Yeah. Anyway, point is, I didn't reread that scene, but I'm pretty sure that Crumb says to Harry something along the lines of Hermione's always talking about you or she always mentions you, like Mm -hmm. what's happening between you two. Yeah. Do you hear that horn? I did hear that horn. <laughs> that's that's another train going by. <laughs> I can't wait to come to visit me and you realise how quickly these trains go by every fucking five minutes and they're so loud. That's great. I love trains. <laughs> so from now on, we're just going to be the train background sounds podcast. Yeah, nice. Train enthusiasts, come listen to our podcast. <laughs> They'll be like, oh, it's five o'clock from Mandalay. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, uh, okay, I hope we leave this in the episode. <laughs> what was I fucking saying? So, Crumb- <laughs> That train really- Crumb always being like, Hermione's always talking. <laughs> Sorry, that- tr- Okay. <laughs> that train really derailed my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> Getting back on track. Yes. <laughs> Crumb being like, hey, uh, Hermione's always talking about you, Harry. What's the, what's the sitch? I think that comes down to Hermione's the one who's always doing the talking. Mm-hmm. So Hermione's probably learned that talking excessively about what you read in books bores her two friends, Ron and Harry. <laughs> so she doesn't like to talk too much about what she's reading at the moment in the library because Crumb just likes to watch her read. Mm-hmm. So what else has she got to talk about? that isn't about books, her friends Ron and Harry. Mm-hmm. And Harry more so because she's stressed out about Harry being killed in the Triwizard Tournament. Yeah. So I think that's probably how that occurred. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, the Triwizard Tournament is probably yeah. like the conversation topic of the entire year. Exactly. Especially yeah. with someone who's a Triwizard champion. Like, surely Victor wants to talk about it. Yeah, you can see yeah. why she keeps obsessively talking about Harry. What about Ron? Why is Ron so convinced there's something going on with Harry and Hermione? I think that comes more from Ron's own insecurities. Like, as we saw in the scene where he's destroying the Horcrux, the reason why Ron's very insecure about Harry and Hermione is because he's always felt like he was second best, least loved, all that sort of stuff. He's always had competitive issues. And so the fact that, you know, growing up, they've all started dating other people and stuff like that and getting into that dating game. I guess Ron always had a bit of like a anxiety, like, oh, you know, Maybe Hermione's not interested in me at all, and who else could she be interested in? Not Harry, of course, because Harry's better than me. Yeah. So that's his own sort of self-consciousness. So you don't think that Ron is at all picking up on the fact that, like, 
maybe Harry and Hermione just make more sense than he and Hermione. Maybe they're more compatible. They've got more in common. They get along better. They're not always fighting. You don't think there's any of that there from Ron's point of view? He never said that, oh, you and Hermione make more sense. He, he said when he was under the jealous rage influenced by the Horcrux, oh, I've seen the way you two look at each other, always talking amongst yourselves, when really they were always just talking about Horcrux stuff and Dumbledore and stuff like that. But that was the jealousy inflicted by the Horcrux, though. That's just, you know, Ron getting quite paranoid. Yeah, that is classic paranoia. You two were always looking at each other and talking about me. <laughs> yeah. With your secrets. That's, yeah, that's paranoid thinking. Yeah, that's just paranoia induced by a part of Voldemort's soul corrupting him. Mm-hmm. Ron never said anything like, you and Hermione make more sense. What he did say was, you know, you and Hermione are close, and Harry's like, she's like a sister to me. She's nothing more than like a sister to me. She's my best friend, or things like that. Mm-hmm. But never like that. And I don't think Ron would have thought that Harry and Hermione make more sense than he and Hermione do. I just think that maybe he was had a bit of a worry that like Harry and Hermione were growing closer than he was with Hermione. Yeah, that's a good interpretation. You got more points? I do. This one's a bit more meta as well, okay. The reason why people ship Harmony is because the movie's overtaking the Phantom's thoughts rather than the books. Mm-hmm. I've I've talked about this at length before. Yes. Basically saying that it's true, so it's very hard for me to read behind. <laughs> I am going to talk later about sort of the big ship war in fandom about Harry and Hermione and versus Harry, no, sorry, versus Hermione and Ron. Harry and Ron. (laughs) God tier level. (laughs) Honestly, OTP. But all I can say to that is, yes, the movies were highly influential and they very much did push Harry and Hermione. Like, that's indisputable. They changed so they much about the characters, their interactions. Ron especially gets basically assassinated by the movies. But look, the debate existed long before the movies came out. When the books were coming out, people were fighting over these ships yep. and people were thinking that Harry and Hermione had chemistry and they could be together. So on a meta level, the movies had an influence, but you can't be like, well, there's nothing going on between Harry and Hermione at all in the books. It's 100% the movie's fault. That's just not... I don't agree. I have enjoyed that throughout this debate, so far, you haven't used Ron bashing as a part of your argument that Harry and Hermione should be together. Yeah, I'm really trying to avoid that. Like, I've always sort of tried to do this, but I haven't I haven't been great with it, especially in the first Wolfstar episode. Like, I came for Lupin and Tonks. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was valid though. Look, that it was, was valid. valid and I don't regret it. And I don't take anything back. But I really think that like <laughs> Harry and, no, sorry. I keep going to say Harry and Ron. <laughs> the true ship. Hermione and Ron is a terrible couple. That's not an argument for Hermione and Harry being a good couple. Mm-hmm. You know, like an, an anti-Hermione ship is not a pro-Harmony ship no, yeah. argument. You know what I mean? So I'm I'm trying to avoid that in this episode, and I am going to continue to try and avoid it in future sink or float episodes. I just don't think it's a valid way to make an argument. I'm trying to argue pro here, not anti. In these debates, I want to be like Elle Woods. I don't want to give away my clients' information and lose their trust and bash them <laughs> in order to improve my arguments. Yeah. <laughs> I just like, what's the point of coming for Ron? Like, yeah. say, say I do present a flawless argument that Hermione and Ron will never work, they can't be together, they're not a good couple. So fucking what? What does that say about Harry and Hermione? Nothing. Nothing. Hermione is not a prize that Harry and Ron are competing for, and if I drag Ron down, that does nothing to elevate Harry. Yeah. Polite ship wars. (laughs) I did have a whole thing written about, like, um, in case you did bring it up, that the idea of Ron and Hermione as a pair is, like, toxic or it's controversial or it wouldn't have worked out. I had a whole stuff written down, but I figured that you probably wouldn't bring it up anyway. Mm-hmm. We'll save that for our future Romani episode. Yeah, I'll, I'll save it for then. Another point I have, unless you have anything you want to say. Uh, I do have another point, but you, you go first. You're good. Okay. Readers like the idea of harmony because they relate to Hermione and they like Harry. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did recently see a tweet, which I don't think was recent. Like, I screenshot of a tweet that's been around for years <laughs> saying that... <laughs> Basically, all of shipping is character that you identify with loves character that you have a crush on. <laughs> and look, that's valid. 
That's why all your ships have similar themes. Gay. <laughs> really smart, but also an asshole. Versus jock type, who's kind of dumb, but also really witty and sarcastic. I honestly, like, I was literally just about to get up and leave. I'm so mad that you said that. It's true. Yeah, we don't have to get personal. Leave me out of it. I'm sorry I keep coming for you in these episodes. I don't intend to. It's just how we talk in real life, and it just it, it's on air. I forget it's on air. You've been so rude to me lately. Listeners, go back. Last few episodes, Gem's getting meaner and meaner. Feel free to come for me. Hey, I'm right here. I'm not a rude bitch, so I don't come for people. Anyway, you're a bitch. Fuck off. Who? Look, I just, I agree with you. I don't think that's an argument against Harry and Hermione. The fact that, like, I deeply empathize with Hermione, which I just do, that's true. Same, honestly. <laughs> like, Hermione's great, and I've got a lot in common with her. Mm. Um, and, you know, for straight girls, I guess, <laughs> Harry's that, like, you know, traditional heroic type that I'm trying to think of, like, what's attractive about men. <laughs> What would girls like about Harry? Okay, I'll fill in here. Good. Sensitive, um, <laughs> good-natured, you go. kind, always stands up for his friends, loyal, that sort of stuff. Doesn't lie. Yes. Yeah, things like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. I was floundering. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, Harry's a hero. He's um, handsome. He's- uh, He breathes. He's uh, <laughs> got got muscles. Like. <laughs> Never stated, but okay. <laughs> It's Jem here with the straight content. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I don't see that as an argument against Harmony. Like, that's all shipping. All shipping is yeah, projecting yeah. onto characters and having crushes on characters and making arguments pro and against. Like, that's just what we're doing. That's fair. I guess I was going to go for it as, like, an angle of, um, well, that might be, like, your feelings about the situation, but you should actually not make decisions about characters based on how you feel they should act and rather what you think the characters would work best with. Counterpoint. What's good for the character. All of my opinions about characters are based on how I feel. <laughs> That's true. I do not have a single objective thought in my brain about <laughs> Harry Potter. Yeah, you're And right. I never will. <laughs> I realised I was picking my hole as I was saying it. I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Did you have anything else you want to say about that? Not about that. You've gotten a bit meta lately. But I want to address the Horcrux hunt. Okay. So that time when Harry and Hermione were alone with each other. Okay. Yeah. There's the dance scene in the movie. Love that scene. Which is important and will become more important later. Yeah. Yep. Love it. It's really great. Good time with friends. Maybe it's romantic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't really want to focus on that. For some reason, people really try to put this big romantic spin on the Horcrux hunt, which I just don't understand. It's not a sexy time. <laughs> I've read so many articles where people are like, oh, Harry and Hermione were alone in that tent for months on end, and you're telling me they didn't fuck? Yeah, right. I'm like, yeah, they didn't fuck. What's with fucking- Why are people like this? That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, straight nonsense again. Honestly. <laughs> Look, the Horcrux hunt, it, it's not a romantic time. It was a lonely, desperate, frustrating time for everyone, including me, the reader. <laughs> And what I want to focus on in terms of harmony shipping is not them being in the tent alone for ages or them having that nice dance scene, which was very cute in the movie. Mm -hmm. I want to focus on them choosing to be there in that terrible situation with each other. Yep. At that point, both of them had other romantic interests and they both had the option to be with that person, but mm -hmm. they were there with each other. Harry didn't have to break up with Ginny. He didn't have to leave Ginny behind and take Hermione with him. Mm-hmm. He did it to protect her, like, that's problematic on its own. We'll talk about it eventually. Yeah. But the choices he made still led to him being with Hermione during what is, like, probably the most difficult time in his life. And Hermione didn't have to go with Harry in the first place. And more importantly, she didn't have to stay. She was offered a chance to leave with Ron, like, supposedly, you know, the man that she's in love with. Mm -hmm. But she chose to stay with Harry, even though that was always going to be the more difficult path. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that they did that because they were in love and they couldn't stand to be apart, but I do find it significant that 
ultimately some of the most difficult choices they had to make up into that point in their lives were choices that led to them being together. Yeah. I see a lot of potential for romance in that situation. Okay, that's interesting. I would just like to state, like like you said, just because Hermione chose to stay with Harry and not go with Ron, that doesn't mean she's in love with him. Like, yeah. I myself am in a relationship, and let's say I'm in the exact same situation. My boyfriend is suggesting that we do something that I am conflicted about. I'm like, I don't want to do that. I want to stay with my best friend who's on the same mindset as me right now, and mm-hmm. I believe that they have the best decisions. Even though I love my boyfriend, I wouldn't go with him because yeah. – I'm very steadfast. <laughs> if I have an opinion about the right way to do something, I'm going to do it my way, especially in that sort of high, strong, tense scenario where it's like, look, this is about saving the world. Yeah. Mm. I'm going to stick with the path that I think is the right path. Yeah. When it comes to, you know, Maccas versus HJs, it's not that important, but like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> defeating Voldemort's important. So yeah, I'm with Hermione on that one. I think that just because she stayed doesn't mean that she loved Harry more than Ron. Mm-hmm. It's just a pure matter of how she, what she thought was right. That's true. Also, just for anyone who didn't get that reference, that was uh, McDonald's versus Hungry Jacks for our non <laughs> for our non Australian <laughs> listeners. <laughs> right? Yeah, Maccas versus HJs would sound completely <laughs> stupid to someone who doesn't understand Australian lingo. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> just completely, completely nonsensical what you just said. My best friend's like, we're going to HJ's. My boyfriend's like, I need a Macca's McFlurry in my face right now. And I'm standing there conflicted like, oh, what's right, Jem? What's right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not the situation that Hermione's in. Hermione is literally a child soldier in a war mm. for the fate of the entire wizarding world against a racist demon man (laughs) there's bigger things at stake than her personal crush exactly like i said i don't think harry was like ah if i fuck off Ginny, maybe potentially i'll get to be alone with hermione for a few months (laughs) no no but i do think that it's significant that those big significant choices that they've had to make have aligned them into the same place and the same purpose Mm -hmm. their togetherness is something that I think is the core of their friendship, and I think it could also be the core of their romantic relationship if you want to interpret them as being in love. Okay. Which I do. Okay. All right. I I basically have one more point. What would their couplehood have been like? I forgot the word for relationship. (laughs) Couplehood. Couplehood. (laughs) I've mentioned this before, but Hermione wouldn't have liked being overshadowed by Harry's fame. Mm Mm-hmm. I wrote down, Hermione isn't spicy enough to sate Harry's loss for new adventures. But then I was thinking about it and I was like, hold on. Because <laughs> in the books, Hermione is always like, she go- always ends up going on adventures with them. When the war's over and there's no need for them to go eavesdropping on people and, you know, running around trying to save the day and all this sort of stuff. Would Hermione be as invested in following Harry's hunch to like, <laughs> I don't know investigate something when it's not the fate of the world or the fate of her friend's life at stake. I honestly think yes. You really? Yeah? Yeah, I really do. Like, we've said it before that the reason Harry, Ron, and Hermione are friends are because they're the only ones who could stand each other. That's because true. they're such nosy little... <laughs> they're, so... they're constantly in everyone's business. They're so nosy. <laughs> they won't leave anything alone. <laughs> Insufferable. Yeah, you're right. I've made that statement before. Yeah. <laughs> Can't go against it. Mm-hmm. All right, my last point is there's always the Ron and the Ginny tension. Like, yeah. just so we're talking about harmony here, but let's not forget that it's canon that Ron was interested in Hermione and Ginny was interested in Harry for long periods of time. Mm-hmm. So, if they did get together, is that jeopardizing their friendships with others and causing a constant tension amongst their most important relationships, potentially? Yeah, definitely. That's like that's a great point. Definitely. I've said that like mm. I don't really see Harry and Hermione getting together in Hogwarts. I know a lot of people do and think that they were in love in their teenage years. Yeah. I more see them as compatible in adulthood. But the thing with that is, okay. In order for Harry to get together with Hermione in adulthood, he would have to directly fuck over Ron. Like there's no way that that happens without yeah. destroying his relationship with Ron. And that just can't happen. Like, he wouldn't do it. Absolutely. So that's a big point against me. Honestly, didn't put much thought into Ginny. Mm. <laughs> I was mainly focusing on Ron. Ginny's loved Harry since day dot. <laughs> so imagine how Ron would feel. Well, like, Ron would obviously feel terrible because, you know, the girl he's loved for years has ended up with yeah. his best friend who's always overshadowed him. But then also his sister's distraught <laughs> because she loved Harry for years. It's a big mess. Yeah. <laughs> so, oof. 
It's a mess. Uh, unless you go right from, you know, age 11, Harry and Hermione were fated to be together and Ron gets over his crush and Ginny was never really into Harry. Unless you rewrite it all, Harry and Hermione getting together is sort of a clusterfuck that destroys all of those relationships. But whatever, shipping can be yeah. whatever you want. Write canon to suit your own needs. And I guess the argument is, if it's true love, should it really matter what your friends mm. think? <laughs> That's an argument that, to me, seems straight nonsense. But a lot of people mm. would buy into, I think. Where it's like, oh, romantic relationships are more important than friendships, so okay. <laughs> Do what you want. <laughs> more queer-friendly way to phrase it is, <laughs> the train's gone by again. <laughs> I heard him. <laughs> Off he goes. It's so loud. <laughs> he needs to be there on time. <laughs> yeah. It's honestly, you got to see how fast, how close this train is to my place. Oh. <laughs> anyway, um, every time the train goes past, I completely forget what I'm thinking. <laughs> the train steals my thoughts. Your train of thought goes out the window? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Shut up. A more queer friendly way to phrase it is your friends should want you to be happy, even at the expense yeah. of, you know, their own happiness, I guess. That's actually terrible now that I say it that way. <laughs> it's not good at all. Yeah. It's a mess. But still, you should want your friends to be happy. Ron would get over it eventually, I guess. It's still, I, I still feel like it'd always be a little bit awkward. Yeah. Even if it all turned out civil in the end. It would, there'd always be that awkwardness of like, yeah, Harry, you told me by that lake when I destroyed that whole crux that you were just friends and he are marrying my crush. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, mm. my sister's alone. <laughs> it's all terrible. <laughs> anyway, yeah. while we're on the topic of destroying everything, let's talk about what JK has done. <laughs> so normally when it comes to shipping and fandom I'm like, you know, you can take what JK thinks and just chuck it out the window with the train that steals my thoughts but <laughs> with this one JK's weighed in on this ship a little bit more heavily than she usually does so we should go into it Yeah, yeah, we should For some brief history uh, While the books were coming out fans obviously had a lot of different opinions on characters and ships and who's going to end up with who Mm -hmm. One of the biggest ship wars that existed was Harry and Hermione versus Hermione and Ron. Because of all the ships in the fandom, it was basically guaranteed that one of those two was going to be canon and the other one would not. So mm -hmm. there was a lot of tension. Things got heated between those sides. Like, mm -hmm. you know, not as heated as all the girls who got into physical fights over Team Edward versus Team Jacob. But it was still, <laughs> there was some tension. <laughs> <laughs> and that lasted the worst of it lasted right up until Half-Blood Prince came out and it's still going on today kind of but like the really nastiness lasted up until Half-Blood Prince came out that book didn't end the ship war but it kind of settled things down because it basically canonized Hermione and Ron and Harry and Ginny those are going to be our end game couples for the series yeah so it vindicated a lot of shippers and made the rest very angry and in 2005, after Half-Blood Prince came out, J.K. Rowling did an interview with MuggleNet and the Leaky Cauldron, where Harmony shippers were called delusional, and J.K. said that they had missed anvil-sized hints from the first five books. Wow. That was, that was just, that's such a low point yeah. for the shippers, and also, like, rude. Yeah, she's always brutal <laughs> when it comes to her, like, prayers yeah. against the fans. <laughs> she's real brutal. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't think that's really fair to say, but whatever. She can say what she wants. Then, vindication nine years later, in 2014, this is obviously completely post-series, I think post-movies as well, JK did another interview with Emma Watson this time, and this was the interview where she revealed that she just changed her mind <laughs> since finishing the series, yep. and she yep. now believed that Harry and Hermione were a better fit for each other, and that they were the ones who should have ended up together. So she said that Hermione and Ron was wish fulfillment on her part and that they actually wouldn't have worked long term. She also talked about the dancing scene in Deathly Hallows and she said that it was perfect and totally in character for Harry and Hermione. So that's obviously a big switch around from the books. The exact quote is, For reasons that have very little to do with literature and far more to do with me clinging to the plot as I first imagined it, Hermione ended up with Ron. So that kind of plays into what you were saying about, like, you know, typically in these stories, the hero gets the girl. It kind of seems like she's being like, 
that's the way it should have gone, which is a bit disappointing to me. Yeah. But obviously, when she was first planning the series, she meant for Ron and Hermione to be endgame. But as the years went on and the characters developed and the stories developed and she was influenced by the character dynamics in the movies and other things, she changed her mind. And Harry and Hermione, basically, they could have been canon. So, yeah, as we know, everything that JK says after the book's finished is canon. (laughs) And we have to accept it. So Harry and Hermione, best couple, should have gotten married. 2.5 children, the end. They win. Look... (laughs) <laughs> you can say that, but my opinion is J.K. Rowling can say what she wants on Twitter about how Harry and Hermione should have gotten together and about how wizards shit themselves, but you don't have to <laughs> hold on to those. You can decide for yourself <laughs> what you want to be true. And you can look at the facts in the books and you can make your own interpretations. And if you agree with her, fine. If you don't agree with her and you think that, you know, there's chemistry between Ron Hermione and toilets should have been there from the beginning, then that's... <laughs> valid (laughs) (laughs) and i rest my case (laughs) (laughs) yeah the end (laughs) look i've been ria and um yeah i love it when straight people are in love and get married (laughs) (laughs) where's the gun to your head (laughs) (laughs) i've been gem And, you know, sometimes people can just be friends, and that's good. Thanks for listening to Podcast 9 and 3 Quarters. This show is written and edited by Rhea and Jem. You can send us an email at 9and3quarterspodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Tumblr at Podcast 9 and 3 Quarters, or talk to us separately on Twitter. Rhea is at SmashMathRhea, and Jem is at Jem underscore JustJem. Our special guest today was background train noises. I'm sorry about that, guys. I just moved house, and from now on, this podcast will be coming to you live from underneath a moving train. But hey, in 2019, we've also moved into two more social media platforms. You can now follow our Instagram to keep up to date with Jem's scathing political memes, and like our Facebook page to tell me how terrible my arguments are. We'd love to hear from you guys. Links are in the description. Please feel free to send theories or ask questions and bombard us with so many messages that we go mad and run away to a hut on the rock in the sea just to avoid them. Our logo art is by Winged Corgi. Find more of her art at wingedcorgi.tumblr.com. This week's intro music was Oh Children by Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. And our outro music was Hedwig's Theme by John Williams. You'll hear from us again in two weeks' time. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.